You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. The Spirit of Counsel is the word, is the, the title of this devotion. And that is a statement that we read in the book of Isaiah in chapter 11. And the scriptures that I'm going to read to you from this are scriptures that I've been praying for years and years and years. I will give you the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge and the reverential, obedient fear of the Lord, so you will not judge by what you see or hear. You see, I've prayed those verses and prayed them and prayed them. Why? Because I longed to live and I needed desperately in the counsel of the Lord. I want Him to instruct me and guide me in everything. And I've, I've experienced His counsel so many different times in very key times of my life. You know, my getting born again uh, was such a dramatic experience in my life in 1978, even though I was raised in the, as a Christian in a Christian home and I knew the Lord. He wasn't living in me by His Spirit, transforming me into His likeness until I was 17 years old in September 1978. And He came into my heart by His Spirit as I utterly repented and turned my life over to Him and I became spiritually alive and the transformation really began. And, uh, and I'll never forget that. And my father said to me one time, son, two most important decisions for you at this time of your life is that Christ, the life that you live is not your own. Christ lives in you and who you marry. And the Lord by His Spirit led me to, and guided me concerning Virginia and how we came together and got married on the 13th of April, 1983. Oh my goodness, I'm so grateful for God's guidance because it has helped me to stay the path and, and hold fast to Him because I believe what He begins, He completes and He is able to make all things beautiful in its time, as the scripture says in Ecclesiastes. And, and there's so many different examples I can give you from my own life of God's guidance and God's counsel. And I seek it with all my heart on a day-to-day basis. And I'm saying this not to boast in Robert, but to encourage you, seek the counsel of the Lord. Desire it. Well, how will I seek it? Well, I'll give you a, a, a thought here in this devotion. How must I seek the counsel of the Lord? What must I do to find His counsel for my life? Okay, here it is. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. The rod speaks about the right to rule, okay? From the stem of Jesse. In other words, from the root stem, from the root of Jesse, the father of David. Okay, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Or the Amplified would say reverential, obedient fear of the Lord. His delight 
is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness he shall judge and so forth. He will not decide what he thinks about something by what he sees or hears, but the spirit of God, the spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the reverential obedient fear of the Lord is what guides him. And you know what's so interesting? The menorah, and you understand the menorah was standing in front of the holiest of holies and was lighting up the way into the holy of holiest from the holy place. And the menorah had the seven candles on it. You had the main trunk of the tree, so to speak, with the spirit of the Lord. And then you had the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the reverential obedient fear of the Lord. You could see the knowledge of the Lord and the reverential obedient fear of the Lord were the first to draw you into where you were supposed to go. And that the reverential obedient fear of the Lord or the fear of the Lord, the word used for that right here in Isaiah is a fragrant word, a word that's used for fragrance, for perfume. And that's really interesting that the word that God chose to represent the fear of the Lord here was a word that is like a delightful smell a delightful fragrance to draw you in. Oh, wow, that smells good. And you like a perfume to draw you in. And it's like God says, when you allow me to put the spirit of the reverential fear of my presence in you, it will keep drawing you into me. The knowledge of the Lord Oh, I tell you, Paul says in Philippians 3, he says, the only way that I've discovered that I can truly come to know Christ is by abandoning everything that would hold me from it and focus completely on him so that I may know the wonder of his person, the surpassing and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Oh, I love these thoughts there in, in, in Philippians 3, verse 8, 9 and 10. And, and, you know, God wants to draw you in by His Spirit to Himself. Jesus said in John 6, 44, No one can come to me unless the Father draws them. As it is written in the Scriptures, they that have taught, they that are taught and have learned from the Father, come to me. Nobody can come unless the Father draws them. You see, one of the great graces that God begins to work in you and my heart to bring us into His counsel, into His instruction, is that He draws you. He keeps pulling inside of you. And you keep feeling in, no, I have to pray about this. In other words, I need God's instruction. I need God's counsel. And yes, in the beginning, it often comes to us from the outside, but God wants it to live on the inside, that the spirit of counsel lives inside of you. The spirit of counsel lives inside of you. Oh, how I long for us to learn about this. And, and you know, I'll take you to John chapter five, and I want you to see the spirit of counsel 
in Jesus, because the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, Jesus. The Spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, and might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. He doesn't judge by what he sees or hears, but by the Spirit gives him counsel inwardly. Are you getting this? Now look what it looks like. Jesus says, remember how he walked among the pool of Bethesda, and there he, there were many people that were suffering physically, and he saw a man that he realized had been there for a long time, for 38 years. The man had been there, and he was lame. And he said to the man, do you want to be made well? And the man said, I have no one to help me that when the water is stirred, to help me get in the water, always somebody else goes in before. You see, there was the water there of Bethesda, and everybody believed that when it would move, that meant an angel was in it, and whoever would get into the water first would get healed. That's what they believed. And the man says, I, I, nobody ever is able to help me. So you could see his eyes were upon uh, another person, not upon the Lord himself. That's an interesting thought right there. And Jesus said, take up your bed and walk and go and sin no more lest something worse may come upon you. And the man, boom, was healed on the spot as Jesus spoke it. And he walked out of that place. So I, that miracle happened on the Sabbath. And then the religious leaders who didn't have that power out of envy with Jesus and, and real corrupted hearts, my goodness, what darkness, they came against Jesus for healing that man on the Sabbath, you know. And Jesus responded to this. He said, as the Father works, I work. The Father is always working, so I work, but I see the Father doing. And then he says this in verse 19. Okay, and I'm going to read to you from the Amplified. No, I want to read verse 30 from the Amplified, but verse 19, I'll read to you from the New King James. Sorry for this delay here. Okay, he says, he answered to them, he said, most assuredly, or truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. I'm talking to you about the spirit of counsel. The Son can do nothing of himself. God would bring you into such a place through his spirit of counsel inside of you that you cannot go outside of it. You can't go outside of it. It becomes... <clears throat> like a, yeah, a restraining force. A, a restraint is, is, is sadly seen as negative. I personally don't see it as negative. I desperately thank God for holding me, restraining me, that I will not yield my soul to vanity or to worthlessness and, and abandon the glory I have with him or, or exchange it for the shame of my carnal nature. No, I, I feel the restraining of the Holy Spirit in me also in how I speak and what words I use when I speak and how I look and, and everything. I feel the restraining of the Lord on me and I'm so grateful for it. But you see, the spirit of counsel holds you inwardly not to just say foolish things. Jesus in Mark, I think it's chapter 8, talks about 13 things that defile the heart. And the last one, number 13, is foolishness. And we can say things without thought. And then 
have to reap the consequences of having said something we shouldn't have said. And the Lord warns us that we have to give an account of every word we speak. And so I want that restraining force in me to keep me from saying foolish things and to refine the way I speak so that I can't speak anything if it's not within the counsel of God. The counsel of God is, for example, let you yes be yes and you no be no. Anything outside of that is sin. It's what Jesus taught. The and you go on and on. The word of Jesus is the counsel of God. And Jesus said, I can do nothing outside of the counsel of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of counsel in me will not allow me to do anything except the will of the Father. Oh, what a freedom to live in that kind of restraint. I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father doing. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son. Do you see the motivating forces is love? And shows him all things that he does himself and he will show him greater works than these so that you may marvel. Now, verse 30. Listen, we're talking about the spirit of counsel inside of you. You may say, well, Pastor Robert, you are a minister, so yeah, I understand. No, 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 folks. This belongs to all of us who are the body of Christ, the temple of His Holy Spirit. It's His Spirit. When you receive Jesus, you receive all that He is and has and does with the Father. You receive all of Christ. You don't just get a part of Christ. Just because you partly know Him doesn't mean you don't have all of Him. No, you receive all of Jesus Christ. You just daily come to know him more and more and more. And the more you come to know him, the more you enjoy who he is and what he is in you by his spirit in you. Oh, this is the marvel of Christianity. It is absolute glorious and marvelous. And what you receive in Jesus is the spirit of counsel, wisdom, understanding, and so forth. And here Jesus says in, in John 5, verse 30, in the Amplified Translation, I am able to do nothing from myself, independently of my own accord, but only as I'm taught by God, as I get His orders, even as I hear, I judge, I decide, as I'm bidden to decide, as the voice comes to me, I give the decision. And my judgment is righteous, just, and righteous. Because I do not seek or consult my own will, I have no desire to do what's pleasing to myself, my own aim, my own purpose, but only the will and pleasure of the Father who sent me. Wow. That is the spirit of counsel living inside of you. And that spirit of counsel will pull and yearn and groan inside of you to bring you into such a place that you wouldn't want to do anything outside of the will of your Father, outside of His guidance, outside of His instructions, outside of His leadership. What, Pastor, what's the real uh, object? The, the ultimate object that, that the spirit of counsel brings into us. Will we become good counselors, good advisors? Well, we should. We should become that. But, but the, the real object is much gl more glorious than just being able to give somebody a word in season. Isaiah chapter 50 talks about Jesus. He awakens my ear and I hear as the learned and teaches my mouth to speak a word in season to him who is weary. And the scripture says that how good it is to speak a word in season. 
oh, it's so important that we learn how to give wise counsel to others. So that's all glorious, but what is the real object? Okay, I'll show you here in chapter 14 of John, starting at verse 7. Listen to it. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on you know him and have seen him. Philip, who had been with him right from the Jordan when he was baptized, said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it will be sufficient for us. In other words, all we ask, Lord, is that we, you show us the Father. Jesus said, have I been with you so long and you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen the Father, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in my Father and the Father in me, the words, the counsel you receive from me that I speak to you? I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Listen, whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask as representing me, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son of you. Ask anything in my name, I will do it. Oh, I love these verses and pray them and pray them and pray them. Father, Father, I so long for you to be glorified in me and through me by your son, Jesus, that in all I am and say and do, Jesus is magnified in my body, Philippians 1.19, so that, Father, you are glorified through your son in me. What is the fundamental object of having the spirit of counsel? that you have God's heart and God's mind and God's ways and God's thoughts in you, that the Father is glorified through His Son in you. Christ in us is the spirit of counsel in us, in our hearts, and that you live in this way and that when you speak, people hear God. Really? Yes. Believe this. Come on, folks, please believe this. Believe this with all your heart. Believe, seek it, desire it. Pray those scriptures that I gave you there from Isaiah 11, verse 2 and 3. Pray them and pray them and let the Holy Spirit write them in you as they begin to live inside of you. Listen to this verse. This, I'm almost, almost done. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. For this reason, we also thank God without season, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as a word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in those who believe. One more verse here from Second uh, Corinthians 3. Oh my goodness. The Apostle Paul lived in what I'm talking to you about. And he called himself the least eligible to be an apostle. He called himself the worst of all sinners. He said to me, who am the least of all the saints, Ephesians 3, 8, this grace has been given to make known the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. Come on, friends, don't, don't count yourself out. Don't say, well, Pastor Robert, that 
The words I speak come from God Himself. Yes, living inside of you by His Spirit, teaching you how to speak by His Spirit every day. And He will help you grow in this daily, daily, daily that like Jeffries, George Jeffries. Oh my goodness, how I love that man. George Jeffries, he was filled with the Holy Spirit on the day he was born again and he felt the life of the Spirit of Christ come through him like a fire. And he says, not a simplest little statement came out of me that caused others to become saved. Every word he spoke bring, brought the life of God to people. Can we live this way? Yes. Should we live this way? Amen. Can we? Yes, the Lord will give it to you. Day and night is the spirit of counsel living in your heart. And here in closing in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, right? He says in verse 4, We have such trust through Christ toward God. This is what we have such faith in God because of Jesus. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think as anything of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency, our ability is from God, who also has made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Well, the living Bible says it this way. I would never dare think anything comes from myself for my ability is what God works through me. That is in simple terms what Jesus said there in John 5, 19, I can do nothing except what the Father shows me. And then in verse 30, he again says, I can do nothing as unless I'm taught by the Father. Jesus lived in the spirit of counsel. I plead with you, live in the spirit of counsel. Let it so take a hold of your innermost being that you are not just restrained by it, but enabled by it restrained from yielding to thoughts and feelings that don't come from God, enabled to express those feelings and thoughts that do come from your loving Heavenly Father living in you by His Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a good day.